Turn, please, in the scriptures to verses that we've looked at uh, previously. Hebrews chapter 2 and Proverbs chapter 3. You know, great things can happen without a lot of external fanfare. Something can come into you from God that you may not even realize how big it was when it happened. But it changed you. And it changed the way you see things. And it changed the way you believe and think. And set you on a different course. You know, uh, flying the airplane, just a, a change of one or two degrees doesn't seem like much. You, you won't even notice that the plane moved. But you, if you don't change that over the next eight hours, doing 500 miles an hour, you land in a different country. <laughs> well, just a little change in your life. That can alter your course. Can seem so small at the time. But over the course of the next 10 years. You wind up a different person. With a different life. And if you realize you come back. And realize it was an incorruptible seed. Of the word of God. That got in you. Somewhere in that service. Or in that time or that meeting. Feeding on when you read your chapter every day. Right or your prayer time. Somewhere. That got in you. Have you been enjoying the Psalms? Aren't they wonderful? They are anointed. Inspired and anointed. Hallelujah. Did you get that? What was that today? For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures. Forever. What are you talking about? Well, around these parts. It's widely known. That everybody. At Faith Life Church, reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. Now, if that's new to you, go back to the information area. They'll give you a marker that you can put in your Bible and you can read with us uh, every day. Very important. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hebrews 2, are you there? Verse 1. Hebrews 2 and 1. Let's read uh, King James first, then we'll read the Amplified. It says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Read the Amplified. Since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. It is so important that we continuously, just what we're talking about, feed on and hear the Word of God, the same truths that we have already heard. We need to hear repeatedly even the most basic truths that we think we know. 
And it's not because the word of God is so hard to understand. And it's not because we're so slow and dumb or unintelligent. It's because we live in a dark place. We don't know any different. This is all we've ever known. We were born into this. We're going to find out soon. But there is pressure to take the word away from us on a daily basis. You remember the, uh, what Jesus taught about the parable of the sower. He said the sower sows the word. And immediately Satan comes to steal and take the word away that was sown in their hearts. Is that true or not? So I know it's a bad thought, but what I'm preaching to you right now, the enemy is going to come immediately and try to take this away from you and me. That's right. Oh, I rebuke that. No, you don't need to rebuke that. You need to resist him when he tries to do it. And you need to realize if Jesus said it, that's true. This is happening. This is very real to me. And as I describe it, it's going to be real to you too. As a minister, back when I first started in the ministry, Phyllis and I, some 30 plus years now, it was baffling to me sometimes how that the Lord would show me something and I'd be so excited about it. And 15 minutes later, I couldn't even remember what it was. Have you ever done that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's not even logical. That's not even reasonable. What's going on? Something that was so important to you, you're excited about it. You think it's life-changing. It's so real to you. You think, have you ever thought, well, I'll never forget that. And then two hours later, you're trying to think, what was that? What was that? I was so excited about it. What was that? What happened? The enemy came to steal it away. And if you don't hold on to it, and a lot of times what I learned, I, got, I have to write this down. Nowadays with our smartphones and stuff, I can put it on my notes or, or whatever, but I and I'm doing that on an ongoing basis. I got notes going on this, notes going on that, notes going on the other. And years ago, by the time I'm talking about, the Lord showed me something that was just outstanding and life changing. And actually it woke me up in the middle of the night and showed me and and I got a drink of water and I was just about shouting about it and I laid back down and and the Lord said to me, he said, do you appreciate me showing you that? And I said, oh, Lord. He said, not even enough to write it down. <laughs> and what he's helping me to see is you are overestimating human memory. And you're not treating this like it's important. And also, I wasn't aware of what I'm describing to you now, how that there are spiritual forces trying to take this away from us Absolutely. all the time. And it's not that we're dumb or slow or that the word is so hard. It's that we have to focus 
and make up our mind, I'm not going to lose this. And I haven't digressed because what did he say? Lest we should what? Let it slip or let it get past us. And what's the solution? Pay the more earnest heed, the, the more attention to it, we need to keep hearing it. Isn't it true that when you've been preached to again, if you've been in the Word for any length of time or known the Lord for any length of time, and you hear maybe a truth that you've known for 30 years, but then you hear it again and you go, I knew that. I knew that. I need to get back on that. Right? Well, what happened? You had let it slip. Why? Because there's pressure around you to take it away from you. But we've got to make up our mind. We need to hold fast (laughs) that which we have. And we need to hear the same things over and over again so we don't let it get taken away from us. Can you say amen? amen? He said we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard. Lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. Go to Proverbs And we'll just go straight to the 4th chapter and the 20th verse. Proverbs 4 and 20. He said, uh, my son, do what? Attend to, we might say pay attention to, my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Well, why would you need to do this? So you got to watch about, I heard it, I understand it, I got it. That kind of pride will cause you to lose it. No, forces are at work to snatch this away from you and me. And when the Lord shows us something, and it's an answer to something in our life, you need to write it down. You need to put posters up. You need to get that CD. Or download, whatever it is. And you need to hear that again. Why? Realizing that's my answer. And the enemy is going to try to get me off of this. And and me get busy back at home and and get busy back at work. And next thing you know, three months have gone by. I hadn't even thought about it. What happened? I let it get by me. I let it slip. And you got to watch about Now you're looking for the answer again. And the Lord already showed it to you. He already gave you the answer. But you let it slip. Have you ever done that? I've done it. You've done it. But we're the ones that pay the price. If we do. Why would you need to pay attention to it? Incline your ear to it. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Does this sound like you have to be ongoing. Making an effort to get a hold of this and keep this. Not because God's trying to make it hard to get. Or he's trying to he's keeping it from us. or None of that. It's because of where we live and who is the God of this world and what he's trying to do. And the last thing he wants is the word of God producing a harvest in your life and you having a good testimony Mm -hmm. and people seeing it and then them thinking they're going to get it too. This thing could catch, right? Right? (laughs) And so it's easier to crush an acorn than it is an oak tree producing acorns so that's why he tries to snatch it out of you before you get it in you and get results but we're not ignorant of his devices 
the Lord's helping us out even right now. So he said, for they are life to those that find them and health or the margin says medicine to all their flesh. Keep your heart or guard it with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And I want us to get into something this evening that uh, you don't hear as much about, maybe as you should, we should. And it's a subject that some folks think they uh, they don't like that much. But man, if you see it right, you'll like it a whole lot. What we're talking about is hearing from God. And I mean, people are interested in that. All real believers are. But you got about three categories of humans, people concerning hearing from God. You got a group that does not believe that people really hear from God today. I'm talking about even a church-going group. Bunch of church-going people, if you say, the Lord told me, you lost them right there. (laughs) The Lord showed me, the Lord told me, the Lord said to me. Then they look at each other and go, they think they're hearing from God. So you talk to God, and he talks to you. And then when you turn away, they go. (laughs) So there's a lot of people in that group. Then there's a lot of other people in another group that everything they imagine is God talking to them. (laughs) I mean everything in the world. God told me this. God showed me this. And when you're hearing it, you're thinking, really? God said that? And everything that crosses their mind is God talking to them. (laughs) And everything they imagine is God told me. And it's sad, but a whole lot of people don't know enough about hearing from God till people can tell them anything that God said. And they go, well, okay, God said it. That's right. But you do understand, just because somebody said God said, does not mean God said. You need to test it if it has anything to do with you. Because we've already established earlier that a whole lot of stuff is just nothing to you. But if it is going to affect your life, before you just say, okay, if God said, and then make a decision based on that, you need to determine did he say it? Did he really say that? And so you got these two groups and then there's a third group. And that group is people who believe you can hear from God. But they know that everything is not God. So they're endeavoring to discern. (laughs) I knew you'd identify with that. Discern is this God. Or is this just me? Or is this just them? And um, most of us fall into that category. But even at that, 
there's a whole lot of uh, not being sure. And why is that? It's quiet in here. Hebrews 12, are you there? Verse 1. Now I haven't digressed from the subject. What are we talking about? Pay attention. Pay attention to what? Well, what he said. First of all, we're going to have to hear from him. And then we need to know, is it him? Well, Hebrews 12, he said, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, skipping down to verse 11, he's talking about correction. He says, Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. But grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. And follow peace with all men. Is that it? Do we know from Colossians that's a key to being led? Amen. Right. Let the peace of God, yes. let it decide, the Amplified says, right. between things. Right. Being led by the Spirit of God, involved in that, is being led by peace. Because right. He is the Spirit of peace. Right. But notice the rest of the verse. Follow peace with all men and, you could say, and follow holiness. Without which no man shall see the Lord. This is a big key to clarity in distinguishing what is God and what is not God. It's an answer as to why there's so much confusion. Now, a lot of folks would read this, without holiness, no man will go to heaven. It's not what it says. And I'm not saying that has no application, but I am saying it has, a broad, it has an application in the here and now. When are you to follow peace? Now. When are you to follow holiness? Right now. And this same word that's translated, see the Lord... It's translated in other places. Listen, uh, Acts 2.17 says your young men will see visions. That's the same word. 3 John 11 says he that does good is of God. He that does evil has not seen God. Right. Now that's talking about right now. Right. Has not seen God. Right. Not necessarily talking about seeing him with your eyes. Right. Right. Like it's going to happen when we leave this life. But without holiness, you won't see the Lord. That's right. There is an application here that without holiness, you won't see that it is the Lord. That's right. Absolutely. Right, right. Is everybody listening? Yes, sir. Now I'm going to show you other scripture that talk about this. Go to Romans, please. The twelfth uh, chapter. Romans 12. Thank you, Lord. Lord's helping us with this tonight. There are answers here. 
answers. The Lord showed me this a long time ago. But some of the things I didn't say as much about because I don't like to just say the Lord showed me something. I got to be able to show it to you in the word. Y'all with me? Again, we're discerning, did he say it? And uh, these passages I'm, I'm taking you to now, I said, well, Lord, I need to know how to show that in the word. And the ones I'm taking you to right now are the ones he gave me okay, praise God. to show you Amen. that that's where it is. And when I saw it, this one, actually, this Romans 12, I, I just a few months ago I saw that. I hadn't seen that before. But it's been here all the time. When you see it, you go, whew, third. <laughs> how long has that been there? <laughs> Romans 12, are you there? Verse 1. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, which is the definition of holiness. What is holiness? Holiness, the the Lord said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Holiness is God-likeness. It's being like Him. Worldliness is being ungodly. Not being like him, taking on the characteristics of this world is taking on the characteristics and qualities of the God of this world. Because even though people say, you know, God's in control, God's in control, by and large on this planet, our Father God is not controlling it. He's not. The Bible said the God of this world, Satan, is. And because he is, if he's controlling it, you're going to see his influence. And you see the hate. You see the cruelty. You see the destruction. Can you see it? Is it in the earth? If God's controlling it, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see peace. You're going to see love. You're going to see life. You're going to see joy. You're going to see blessing. Well, the more we let this world influence us, and it's easy to do. All you got to do is wake up in the morning and go with the flow of the world. And feed on worldliness, ungodliness, and it will shape your thinking and your perspective and your speech and your actions. And you will be ungodly, you'll be worldly, you'll be ungodly, and you won't be holy. Being holy is not adhering to some group or some denomination's list of do's and don'ts. It's being like the master, which is being unlike the world. You know why I said in the beginning, you don't hear as much about holiness and worldliness right. among some groups today. Right. <laughs> but the Bible has not changed. Right. 
I said the Bible has not changed. And it's not about doing holy things so you can be counted righteous or be saved. No. That's all by grace and by what Jesus has already done. But even though you're saved and by grace your name's in the Lamb's book of life and by grace the, the Lord loves you and has accepted you in Christ, if you're too worldly, you're going to be easily confused. You're going to be in the muck and mud of all of this. And you're going to be wondering what's God and what's not God. For without holiness, no man will see the Lord. So we're not talking about trying to be holy so we can be saved. So we can be accepted of God. That's where there's confusion about that nowadays. Are y'all talking about keeping the law? We're not talking about keeping the law. We're talking about not being so dumb. (laughs) And not being so easily confused. Learning how to be led. How many would like when God speaks to you, it's crystal clear and you know it's him? Is that worth anything to you? Well, then you need to know something about holiness, about being like him. Read it again, Romans 12. He said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, what? Holy. Holy. Well, now let you stop here. Present your what? Body. That means you're not doing defiled, perverted stuff with your body. That's right. Absolutely. You're giving it to him. What's my body for? My body is to serve God. Right? First and foremost. Mm -hmm. Not to sin with. Not to see how full of Alcohol and drugs, I can get it. Not to see all the perverted stuff I can do with it. My body, is he talking about holiness? And acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's the result of this? What's the result of this? This holiness. This separation. This not being worldly, but being godly and being holy. What's the result? That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. You'll be able to distinguish and discern what's God and what's the world. What's Him, what's not Him. Instead of feeding on junk... And ungodliness, has anybody noticed how that TV programming and movies has gone the wrong way? Buddy. And I'm not saying there's nothing you can ever watch and see, but if we watch too much junk, what's that going to do to us? If it bothers you at first, but then you override it, To where it doesn't bother you. What has happened? Why doesn't it bother you as much as it used to? Dulled. And here's the thing the Lord said to me. Decades ago. He said if you refuse my correction. You confuse yourself. About my direction. 
If you refuse my correction, you dull yourself and confuse yourself about my direction. You can't say, no, I don't want to listen to that and ignore that and then say, yes, I do want your direction. (laughs) You're pushing it away with one hand and saying, no, I want it with the other. And if the Lord dealt with you to correct something and you didn't want to hear that and you ignored it, but then three days later, you got something serious you really need to hear from God. And so you're trying to hear from God and something comes up in you. But what came up in you, that's the same thing three days ago you said wasn't God. Can you see why there is confusion? And all of us have uh, had some of this. Most have had way too much. But the reason it's not clear what's God and what's not is not God's fault at all. It's the result of too much worldliness and too much ignoring of what he said that we didn't want to hear that. If we say that's not him, then tomorrow who is it? Huh? I can't say this is not God today and then tomorrow it is God. Well, I've confused myself. Who was it? If it's God today, that means it was him. I've got to repent now. Because that was him too. Which is exactly how you recover sensitivity. Let me read this to you from uh, another translation. This is the Holman translation. He said, verse 1, Hebrews, excuse me, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. Somebody say holy Holy. and pleasing to God. He said, this is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? To what end? So that you may discern what? What is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God? What will help me to discern the will of God? Not being conformed to this world, but being holy like him will make me sharp and aware and clear. Is it worth it? (laughs) I said, is it worth it to be clear? So when he tells us, stop doing that. Quit doing it. Leave that alone. You don't need that. Stop reading that. Stop listening to that. Yeah, but I like it. Yeah, but is it good for you? What's it doing to you? Oh, it's, it's, not, it's nothing. Is it really nothing? Or has it for the last 15 years, little by little, dulled you? So that now you're saying, is that God? Or is that just me? Or how many want to be clear? Now, the truth is, a whole lot of folks, they don't want it enough to make any adjustments. But the truth is, you can walk down here on the earth for the rest of your life, hearing the Father as clearly as Jesus heard him. If you're willing to live. (laughs) 
like the master lived. And the devil will tell you, well, if you do, all your fun is over. You don't get to do anything. It's he's a liar. I said, he's a liar. He's a liar. Full obedience to God is not going to mess up your life. It's going to help you to have the best life you've ever had. And the stuff you thought you really wanted to keep doing, if you just wean off of it for a few months and get the good things that begin to come in your life, you go, wow. And you get to the point where I don't like that anymore. I don't want that. What's happened? You've grown. You've become more like the Lord. And your taste and desires change. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. You're there in in Romans 12. Go back to Romans 1. And you see how this happens. I am so thankful. Because for years I knew this was true. But I didn't know how to say it in the word. And I've got half a dozen New Testament passages. We've already been over one of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does it say that there? Can you see that there? There it is. Romans, the first chapter in verse 16. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against what? All ungodliness. Now, that's also unholiness, not holy. It's also worldliness. And unrighteousness. If it's not like God, it's not right either. Of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because... That which may be known of God is manifest, or you could say is shown to them. The next phrase says that. For God has shown it to them. For the invisible things of him, of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Clearly what? Seen. Seen. Now, he's not just talking about seeing with the physical eye. He's talking about seeing truth. And he's especially talking about seeing God. Without what? No man will see the Lord. Holiness. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Here he's talking about ungodliness, unrighteousness. The invisible things of God from all the way back to the creation of the world are what? Are what? Not just seen. Clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead. What does that mean? People say it's really pitiful. It is, Brother Hagin would say, ignorance gone to seed. (laughs) That's as bad ignorant as it can get. (laughs) <laughs> That's an old term. Gone to seed is as far as it can go. 
People say there is no proof of God. That is ignorance gone to seed. You might say, why? Because this makes it clear, explains it. Everything around you is evidence of God. (laughs) The planet you're standing on, the sunshine you feel, the air you breathe, everything in creation. The Bible, remember the psalmist said, the the, the stars, the, the heavens declare his glory. Hmm? And if you say, no, it doesn't, then you're being dishonest. You are. Everybody on the planet, at some point, according to this, at some point, there was a spark in them, and they had a realization, there is a God. Now that might be all, and it might have been brief. And they might have grown up in ten generations of idol worshipers. But there was a moment. Now if they'd be honest with that moment about what they know in their heart, God would give them more. And if they'd keep following it, he'd lead them to full salvation in Jesus. But if, because of pressure from families or culture or whatever the case might be, if they quench it, And they go, I I don't want to see that. I don't want to know that. Watch what happens next. Verse 21. Because that when they knew God. Now that doesn't mean they had a full blown relationship with God. What does that mean? They saw his reality. And they knew it was him. If it was just a tiny spark. And there may be people that lie and say, oh no, I've never seen anything. They're lying. There's nobody on the planet that doesn't have an opportunity. When they knew God, they what? They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was what? Darkened. When you get a glimpse of light... Or a lot of light. But you decide you don't want it. Well if you don't want the truth. What else is there for you to believe? There's nothing else. But lies. If you don't want the light. What else is there to receive? Nothing but darkness. And so what can happen. Is if you don't walk in the light that you have. Darkness comes over your mind. And now you don't see. And if you keep doing that, you get to the place where you are deceived, which means you believe a lie is the truth. That's one of the worst places a human being could ever be. Because if you're deceived, you don't know it's not a lie. You think it's right. But the reason you got there, the reason you got in that shape, is your own fault. Because when you saw something... You wouldn't go with it. Didn't want it. And can you see that phrase, if you reject God's correction, what did you just do? You confused yourself 
darkened yourself about his direction, which you're going to need for the days out. <laughs> right? And you need to pay attention to it because it it'll spare you. Save your life, save your family, save your marriage, save your business, save your finances, save your children, right? Yeah. Do you believe God loves us yeah. and he's watching over us? Yeah. Just a few days ago, Phyllis and I were talking about, I felt it so strong. So I, I, I knew I sensed some of the father's heart, how much he wants to help us. And I, and I was looking at a situation, and I, I knew something about it. He wanted to spare those people from everything they were going through. But they wouldn't listen. And none of us can say we've never done that. Sometimes it costs you a little bit. Sometimes it costs you too much. But... It costs to ignore him. You may not see it when it happens. It may be five years, maybe ten years down the road, but it's going to cost you. Oh, but it pays to obey. Oh, come on, somebody say it pays to obey. <laughs> you have to obey by faith because you don't know why he's telling you this. Or, or you, sometimes you'll get an urgency and you'll go, what's the big deal? And I don't know why this is such a big issue. Trust him. Just trust him. Just trust him. Oh, and if you do, you'll see. I was spared here. I was spared there. We were blessed here. We were able to keep this and not lose this. Oh, thank God. Sometimes it'll be years before you realize it. Sit out loud. It pays. It pays. It pays. To obey. to obey. Hallelujah. It pays to obey. And one of the ways it pays is in spiritual clarity. <laughs> in little things, if he deals with you, don't do that. Stop this. Change this. Whatever. It might seem like little, but if he deals with you, how many would say anything he deals with you about ain't little? If he dealt with you, it's not little. And if we do that, even if we started so clumsily in our spiritual life or so dull or darkened, if you do that day in, day out, you just, when he deals with you, you just do what he said. What will happen, you'll get to the place where you quit asking, is it him? You know it's him. Oh, hallelujah. You're able to discern what is the good and perfect. Hallelujah. Well-pleasing will of God. You know it. It's just as clear to you as they say, like the nose on your face. You know it's him. You don't have to ask anybody. You quit running to people and asking them what they think. Which is why the enemy is continuously trying to get us to ignore what God said, procrastinate, just if he can't get you to say, I'm not going to do it, put it off. Days turn into months. Months turn into years. What happens is a dulling process is going on. Do you remember the scripture said in uh, 1 Timothy 4, you don't have to turn there, but put it on the screen. 
It said, speaking lies, 1 Timothy 4, 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with the hot iron. The Young's Literal says, in hypocrisy, speaking lies, being seared in their own consciences. Should we pay attention to our conscience? Should we keep a clear conscience? Paul said, I always exercise myself to have a conscience void of offense before God and man. He said, I I exercise myself in this all the time. What does that mean? Anything that bothered his conscience, he wouldn't let it stay. He would get it fixed. He'd get it right with God. He'd get it right with people. Why? Because spiritual people know how vital it is to keep your conscience clear because that's how you keep hearing from God clear. I must not override my conscience because if I do that, I just dulled myself. And I keep doing that day in, day out. I get to where I don't know what's God and what's not. Go with me to Romans, the second chapter, please. I know our flesh don't like to hear some of this. But the flesh will hold you back, won't it? The flesh will will hold you out if you let it. But is it worth it to make some adjustments and to hear from God clearly? Are we still talking about paying attention? Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever not paid attention? Oh, yeah. When your flesh don't want to hear something, you can play games. Act like you didn't hear it. Because a lot of times it's just God giving you something on the inside. Nobody else even knows it. So if you act like you didn't hear it, who's the wiser, right? I mean, <laughs> the Lord dealt with you. Stop doing that. Dealt with you. Go repent for that. Dealt with you. Change this. And, and if your flesh don't want to do it, then you can do mental gymnastics with it. You, you can go, what was that? That thing that came up in me. We'd, and if you're open to it, if you don't want to hear it, then the enemy picks up on it immediately. Right. He's there to steal the word. Right? right? right. All the time. And, and he picks up on it immediately. And you go, well, was that God? And the enemy will go, no, no. We don't know what that was. That was, you ate too much and, you're just, nah, uh-uh, that's, you know, everybody thinks that's okay. So-and-so does it, and everybody thinks, you know, nah, nah, you're fine. No big deal. <laughs> it's quiet in here. <laughs> and if you override your conscience, what happened? You just dulled it a little bit. But the problem is you keep doing that. You get duller and duller. And so when God's saying something to you, you're like, is that God? Because the last 20 times you said it wasn't God. So who is it today? Romans 2, you see how the conscience works. Romans 2, 15. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's kind of like a repentance night, ain't it? 
That's all right. In Romans 2 and 15, it said, Which show the work of the law within their heart. It's talking about people that, that never were taught the law. And yet they got born again. And they know intuitively that stealing is wrong. And lying is wrong. And they never heard any law. How would you know that? Because the author of the book is in you. And he communicates with you through your spirit. And conscience is the voice of your spirit. And uh, he said they show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience doing what? Bearing witness... And their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Each thought, one another thoughts. This is happening inside you. You know exactly what it's like. It's happened in you many, many times. Hold your place there and look in chapter 9. Romans 9, 1 or just look at the screen. Either one's fine. He said, I say the truth in Christ I lie not. I what? One of the biggest things about this is just honesty. I lie not. My conscience doing what? Bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. The NIV says, I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it in the The Holy Spirit. The word conscience, the Greek literally definition is co-perception. Conscience is akin to the word conscious. Conscious, to be conscious of something is to be aware. Aware of it. But the Greek word for conscience is not just being aware, it's co-aware. Somebody else is inside you, besides you. Can you see this? And my conscience is saying this, and the Holy Spirit is also saying this, so I got an internal confirmation. And when I've got this, it's a big mistake to ignore it. It's disrespectful. Can you see this? To the Holy Spirit. It's dishonest. Acting like I don't know. When he knows I do. Have you ever dealt with somebody. That tried to play you. And they said. Oh I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what you're talking about. I didn't understand that. And you know while they're talking. They're lying. This is a very bad thing. Bad for them. Because they are confusing their spirit. They are dulling themselves to the voice of God. No. God knows what you know. He's the one who showed you. You can't play him. Right? You can't can't act like, I didn't know it, God. I didn't know that. Nobody told me. Just just quit it. Stop. (laughs) 
Just stop. He knows what you know. And so what do you want to do? Number one, walk in the light. Somebody say, walk in the light. If, if you know it's wrong, stop it. If you know it's right, do it. And if, for whatever reason, you didn't walk in the light, you ignored it, what do you do? Come on, help me out. What do you do? You repent as quick as possible. You say, I, forgive me, I did see that. I did know that. I know you told me that. Because playing games only puts you in a deeper hole. And if you say, remember that scripture in Romans, when they saw it was God and they didn't want, they didn't want to hear it and see it, what happened? Understanding darkened. What we're talking about here is scary. You talk about a nightmare. This is scary stuff. That you think a lie is true. And are darkened. And don't know what's God and what's not. Oh but I don't care how far somebody's gotten. And how much of dishonesty they were. All you got to do. Is fall on your face. Come on. All you got to do. Is fall on your face. And get real. Get real with God. Quit playing with him. And tell him I know you told me that 20 years ago. God forgive me. I ignored you. I should have listened to you. Forgive me. And the moment you do, grace will be right there. It'll be right there. Hallelujah. Back when Phyllis and I first married, I got a job working on the docks loading freight. And uh, it was a rough job. We worked out in the weather. You know, night like tonight, we'd be out there. We had, you know, it was concrete platforms, but there's no walls. And uh, you're working with your hands all the time. And um, there were guys out there, had been working there for 10, 20 years. And sometimes during lunch, I saw one of them, he took a little pen knife. He's sitting there cutting in his hand. He can't even feel it. He's got calluses that thick. And uh, over a period of years, me working there, my hands begin to get like that too. I mean, they begin to get so, so thick and, and callous that... Uh, you could poke something in it and you didn't even feel it, you know. Yeah. Unfeeling. Yeah. Insensitive. Yeah. What's another word for that? Unaware. Yeah. Didn't even feel it. Yeah. Calloused. Mm-hmm. Same idea with searing. Because right. what happens if something's seared and then scar tissue comes back right. over it, right? right. It's the same thing. Right. Unfeeling. Right. Here's the good news. I got little baby tender hands today. <laughs> little baby tender hands. Man, I couldn't, I couldn't do a hard labor day. I'd have blisters all over these preacher hands. What am I talking about? What used to be thick and unfeeling has become very sensitive. Come on, are you listening? I don't care how far off you got. You can come all the way back. You can be more aware than you've ever been, more sensitive than you've ever been. All you got to do is pay attention. Pay attention. Hallelujah. Acknowledge when you get something in you and your conscience bothers you, don't let that go. 
if you say something and do something contrary to someone and your heart bothers you about it, even if they don't know it, do what the Lord prompts you. You may need to call them. You may need to apologize, even if they don't know it. Why? It's not just about them. It's about you staying clear. I said it's about you staying clear. And of course, if that's true with man, how much more is it with God when he deals with us about something? Oh, come on. How many think, do what he says. Right? Yield to him. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. If you would just close your eyes and focus on him. He loves us so much. He's such a good God. It grieves him that so much of the population of the planet does not want to hear what he's got to say. Has no time for him. Has no respect for him. We can't control all of that. But we can control ourselves. Close your eyes and just focus on him. Say it out loud, Father God. I know. You are not the author of confusion. You're not in confusion. If I got in confusion... I did it without you and apart from you. You are the light and in your light we see light. And if we stay in the light, walk in the light, everything is clear. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you for clarity. Thank you. Thank you for clarity. Keep praying, said out loud, Father God, forgive me for at any time that I have ignored you, acted like I didn't hear when you know I did. Forgive me. That's not right. Anytime I rejected what you said or put it off. Until I forgot about it. And then believe something wrong. I want to see you. I want to be like you. I want to live like you. I want to hear you clearly. With no interruption. No confusion. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.